In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Please be seated. Many of you know my wife Lou, and my wife Lou grew up down south in the southern states, and she's a good southern woman. So whenever my wife throws a party, she throws a party. When she invites people over, she throws, she knows how to throw a party, and she knows how to make everybody feel welcome, and there's almost always an excess of food, by the way. So on Easter Day, every year Easter Day, we have invited family and very close friends over for an Easter lunch, Easter lunch being at 2 o'clock in the afternoon, where we gather. And every year, my wife goes and works hard. And so by the time that the table is set on Saturday, there is a huge Easter basket for everybody who comes to our house for Easter Day lunch. Huge Easter basket. And it's her gift to everybody that comes for, on Easter Day. And uh, uh, my cousin Octavia, who came for the first time this year to our Easter lunch, walked in there and he said, you mean I get an Easter basket too? Which was also a surprise. It tells you that he didn't grow up down south. So anyway, we, and the reason I'm telling you the story is because uh, the following day after Easter, my wife always goes to Rodman's. You know Rodman's, that store over there on uh, Wisconsin Avenue? She goes to Rodman's, and she goes to buy the baskets for next Easter lunch, for next year's Easter lunch, because they're about worth a quarter at that time. And she walked up there, and sure enough, there were a handful of baskets left over, and she bought all the baskets she could get her hands off for about a quarter each. And when we got to the, to the woman who was checking us out, the woman said, I thought Easter was yesterday, and why are you buying more Easter baskets? And my wife, being a good Episcopalian, said, well, Easter day was yesterday, but the season of Easter lasts for 50 days, and there are seven Sundays, I mean, gave this whole explanation. The, the woman looked at Lou like, what kind of a nutcase have I got checking out of this thing here? Which is my way of reminding all of us that Easter... Easter, there's an Easter day, and then there are seven Sundays of Easter. It's called Eastertide. There are more Sundays in Easter than there are Sundays in Lent, and we forget that. And the whole season of Easter is to talk about Easter. Every lesson that we have is to remind us about Easter, about the good news of Easter. This year on Easter Day, we heard Mark's version of that. We ended up and the women said nothing to anyone they were afraid for. And he ends the whole reading of the gospel with a preposition. So you have to fill in the blank. You remember that? Fill in the blanks for, and then you have to figure out for what, for what, for what do I do? And then the whole season of Easter is a series of lessons inviting us to consider the impact that Easter may have on our lives. What it causes us to feel and to think and how we're invited to consider Easter and what we can learn about the risen Christ, about the God who has raised God, uh, Christ from the dead. The second Sunday, of course, we call it Doubting Thomas. You remember, it's not really a Doubting Thomas. Thomas rises to faith. It's a story about Thomas rising to faith, the one who says, my Lord and my God. Last Sunday, of course, we, Jesus is back with the disciples in Luke's gospel. He's back with the disciples in Luke's gospel and shows them again to all of them. And then he says to all of them, I'm seeing you so you can see that I'm still alive in body and in mind and in spirit. I'm still alive in body and mind and spirit. And you, you, all of us, are called to wit witnesses to this. You are the witnesses to what's happening here. And Luke invites us to consider how we're going to be the witnesses Next coming, this coming Sunday, the lesson is from John's Gospel. It's about the vine and the branches. Remember, stay close to the vine. Stay attached to, that, to Jesus. Stay attached to Jesus. We are the branches. But it reminds us, if you want to remember about Easter, if you want to know about Easter, stay attached to Easter. Stay attached to, to Jesus. The, third, the, the next Sunday is about 
love one another as I have loved you, which is, of course, the great injunction of the, of the, Christian, of the Christian faith. And then the last Sunday of Easter is when Jesus uh, ascends, uh, which in effect is really Jesus departing so that you and I can grow up in the faith, so that you and I can be responsible for ourselves. But that's the Ascension Day sermon. And then begins the long season of, 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 of the, the long season after that, which is the season of Pentecost. And it's, that season is not about Jesus. That season is about you and me. That season about us, what we're called to be as disciples and apostles of Christ. But Easter's really about God. It's really about Jesus. And today we have the lesson about the Good Shepherd. We're familiar with this image of the Good Shepherd. We all have heard it. We love the hymns. It's always easy to pick some hymns for Good Shepherd Sunday because we all know them so well. Uh, the Good Shepherd, you know, the thing about being a shepherd in Jesus' time, the shepherd was not a, an honored profession. You and I know that. It, it was a nasty job. You had to stay out all day long. You had to stay out all night long. Uh, fathers who had sons didn't want their sons to grow up to be shepherds. So they went out and hired somebody to do the job, and that's the hired hand. Now, you know about the hired hand. The hired hand is somebody who won't stick around. I learned a, lear a term this, year, this, this past week from uh, an article that I was reading. It's a British term, and the article was talking about in Great Britain, they talk about people who, uh, who are a job's worth. That's the way that it was described, a job's worth. And a job's worth is somebody who only does what is required of their job. So sometimes you end up working with a job's worth. And you say to them, would you help me do this? No, 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 that's not in my letter of agreement. Will you stay after 5 o'clock? No, 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 that's not in my letter of agreement. Will you go the extra mile? No, 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 I'm not going to do that because that's not in my letter of agreement. The British call that a job's worth. And Jesus in this, in this passage today is saying, I'm not a job's worth. The translation in John's Gospel is, I'm not the hired hand. I'm not the hired hand. I don't stick around just because things are good and because there's some trouble, I leave. I'm not a job's worth. And Jesus uses his image of the shepherd and claims it from Psalm 23, from the prophet Ezekiel, all those rich passages that we have in the, in the Hebrew Scripture to remind us that the shepherd is one of the images that God has always given us about whose God person is going to be. In this case, Jesus of Nazareth, whom we call the Christ and Jesus picks up that image, I am the good shepherd. I'm not the jobsworth. I'm not the hired hand. And I am going to be the good shepherd because the good shepherd has three qualities which I think are important for you and for me, maybe other qualities, but the one I want to talk about today are three qualities that are important for you and for me. The first one of this, that shepherds in that part of the world are familiar with their sheep. Shepherds in that part of the world are familiar with their sheep. I have a friend who traveled to the Middle East one time, and he said that he interviewed, he went to talk to a shepherd to learn more about Good Shepherd Sunday. And he talked to a Middle Eastern shepherd, and he said to the shepherd, well, are you well educated? And the man says, no. Do you know how to count high so you can count all your sheep? And the man says, no. And then my friend, my colleague, asked the, uh, the shepherd, he said, well, how do you know how many sheep you, ha you have? And he says, I know them all by name. I know them all by name, which is a reminder to all of us that God knows each and every one of us by name. God knows you by name. Isaiah 43, I call you by name, you are mine. What a wonderful thing to hear that in Easter. You know, I feel sorry for the people who only came on Easter Day. They're missing out on some great good news. 
you're smart to come back on the fourth Sunday of Easter to hear these good news. On this good news, we hear that Jesus knows us each by name, that God knows us each by name, and that there's great power in the familiar. There's great power in knowing each other. In most churches, uh, people wear name tags to help that along. We at St. John's don't have name tags uh, because probably we prefer to be cold than false. Um, I don't know. That's a little too sarcastic for me, maybe, for the pulpit the Sunday morning. But we don't wear a name tag. But I tell you this, God knows you by name, and he knows the person sitting next to you by name also. God knows us by name. That's familiar, and there is power in the familiar. The second thing we know about Middle Eastern Shepherd is this. When we went to, uh, on our trip to the Holy Land this past February, I was talking to Edad Kumri, who was our guide, and I said to Edad, I said, Edad, about the shepherds, and I asked him some questions about shepherding in that part of the world, and he said, well, you know, uh, shepherds are always leading in our part of the world. They always go ahead of the sheep. They don't go behind the sheep. Maybe you drive cattle from behind, but you lead the sheep in front of you. I said, a good shepherd always is leading, which reminds us that that's a quality that Jesus is claiming for God's own self, that God leads. God leads us and draws us with love. God leads us everywhere. There's that wonderful passage in the 23rd Psalm, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will have no ear, for you are with me. Thou leadest me to still waters. What a wonderful image for all of us. What a wonderful image that God will be there before us. God knows before us what will happen to us. God knows every impact of our lives. God knows everything because God has led us. You know, the things that always impressed me, recently there were so many shows about Martin Luther King, and one of the things that I really loved about all those shows, whenever there was a march or anything else, you know, Martin Luther King was from the very front of it. He was leading up front, not behind. He was up front. If somebody was going to get clubbed, he was going to get clubbed as being the first one to get clubbed. And I thought to myself, that's a very wonderful, powerful example of leadership, don't you think? The other day I watched the old movie channels, and one of the movies that showed up was Gallipoli. Do you remember the movie Gallipoli? Uh, do you know about the Battle of Gallipoli? Are you with me this Sunday morning? If you're with me this Sunday morning, do you know about the Battle of Gallipoli? Just a nod. We don't need anything else. No hallelujahs, no anything else. This is an Episcopal church. But in the Battle of Gallipoli, particularly in that particular show, one of the things that I remember from that particular movie was that as they're in the trenches and they're having to climb out of the trenches to charge the Turkish lines and they know that it's going to be a massacre, the guy who's the mayor or the colonel, whatever his rank is, he looks at his captain and he says to him, you know, we have to go first. We can't ask him to do something that we won't do ourselves. And so he climbs out of the trench, and he's the first one that gets massacred by the, by the fire of the, Russian, of, the, of the Turkish forces. Jesus leads. Jesus goes in front of us. And at Easter, we are reminded of the power of someone who goes before us. And the last quality, I think, of a shepherd, at least, at least of a Middle Eastern shepherd, which I think is what uh, uh, Jesus wants to remind us with his image, is this, the shepherd is reliable. The shepherd will be with us. The shepherd will stand with us. 
Lo, I will be with you to the end of the ages, we hear in Matthew's gospel. And you and I both know that that is true about God. You and I have experienced resurrection in our lives, and that creates trust. And the trust that that creates is that on the final day of our lives, we know that Jesus will be with us on the other side of our death and will greet us on that day and will welcome us into God's own kingdom. God will be with us through thick and thin. God will be with us in the happy times of our life, and God will be with us in the difficult times of our life. God promises to be with us to the end of the ages. I think that that's great news. I've told you this a million times. I'll tell you this one more time in the 24 years that I'm the rector of this church. What God promises is maximum support but minimum protection. And maximum support means that God will be with us through everything. God doesn't promise that you're not going to be hurt. God doesn't promise you you're not going to be afraid. God doesn't promise you any uneasy life. All that God promises is this. I will be with you to the ends of the earth. I am reliable. I will stand with you. I think that's great good news. I like to hear that. Because I need God to stand right by me, to give me guidance, to give me support all the days of my life. And finally, in this particular passage, the shepherd claims to know all the other sheep, which I think is extraordinary. Maybe it's inviting us, if we start feeling too comfortable with God, that perhaps we need to consider that this God who loves us, who is familiar with us, who leads us, who is reliable, is also familiar, who will lead, and who is reliable to all sorts of other people. There are sheep out there you don't even know, but I know them. I'm paraphrasing John's gospel here. Karl Barth, the great Swiss theologian of the last century, said that there's no such thing as an individual Christian. You and I know that salvation is, is personal, but it isn't private. Your salvation matters to other people. Your salvation impacts your life, and if your life is impacted by salvation, then your salvation matters to other people. And remember this, in the English language, in the English language, there is no singular for the word sheep. We're all in this together, and we might as well make our peace with that and remember how we can welcome everybody, regardless of who they are, what shape they are, what color they are, what faith they are, remind all of us that we are all of God's sheep, and that God invites us to consider how we welcome all into the faith. Good Shepherd Sunday is a reminder to us during this Easter tide that God knows us by name, that all, God will always be in front of us, that God is reliable, and that there are a whole lot of other folks out there who are God's sheep. And then it is our task to invite them and welcome them into the fold. Amen.